and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Here, then he comes Matheson. Oh, he scored! And now it's Dawson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I'm joined, as always, by Chaff. How are you getting on, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks, Dean. Good stuff. And Rye is with us as well. Rye, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Just about staying awake. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little bit late tonight. I can only apologise. It makes uh, makes a change it being me rather than Luke. But Luke, it can't be with us tonight, unfortunately, um, depending on your viewpoint. Uh, so, lads, we've got three uh, Dale games to talk through um, and a few interesting moves in the January transfer window as well. So we'll start with with the uh, Dale's first home game in over a month. Um, a nil-nil draw with Bradford. Uh, feels like a, an age ago now, really, since it's been that long since we spoke. But Chaff, it wasn't the best return to Scotland for us, was it? It was a, a bit of a bore draw. We were maybe the better side, but it it would be it'd be pushing it to say we deserved the three points. I thought it was quite even first half. And then I thought we were the better side second half. Um, and I think we could have won it, but probably didn't deserve to win it because I thought it was two pretty shite teams, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think we could have played until Wednesday and not scored. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was frustrating. I thought that was a very winnable game because I was not impressed with Bradford at all. Um, they always they're a funny team out of the Bradford they shouldn't be where they are if you go off club size and all that but they just never seem to get any better um, and yeah I thought that was a, it was a missed opportunity I think that yeah right I mean didn't help did it that the injuries that we picked up during the game we were forced into all three substitutions um, due to injuries and it, would it be fair to say that disrupted our rhythm a little bit um, yeah, I think so. It obviously never helps when you've got to make early substitutions, but uh, part of me thinks they arguably made us better. Um, you know, Clark came in and I thought he had he was superb in that game. I thought he looked, yeah, I thought he looked absolutely class, and I was convinced we've got a hell of a player on our hands. Um, and then I was not impressed with Andrews at Tranmere. And I thought Dawn came on and actually did well to him, to be fair, in both of those games. Um, but like you said, it never helps. You want to be making substitutions late on tactically rather than for injuries. So it never helps. And, you know, we were depleted anyway with with Morley and Beasley leaving. We'd not really replaced, well, we'd not replaced him at all by then, had we? Um, so, yeah, I don't think it helped for latter substitutions, but at the same time, I do think it arguably made us better, to be fair. Yeah, I don't think Don had a poor game. I think what it, what his presence did do did leave us a little bit short in terms of options in the box because he was trying to occupy the defence by running wide and supporting the wide players, but then there was no one to cross to when we got into crossing positions. Um, but one man whose crossing did impress that day, Chaff, and, and Ryan touched on in there was the debutant, Max Clark. It was a... 
a good showing from him, wasn't it, on debut? And he's looked all right as well in the other two games since then. Yeah, I think that game was the pick of the three um, in terms of quality from him. I thought it was a very impressive debut. Um, he likes to get the ball in quickly and early, and he's evidently got a very good delivery on him as well. Um, and yeah, now that we've got a couple of strikers, hopefully we've not seen a lot of Charman. Um, I'm hoping he's fairly decent in the air. And I think that could be a pretty useful weapon. Um, the fact that he can get early balls into the box. Um, Makes me think that with that service that he can provide from that side and Corey can provide on the other side, um, Beasley had a, had a, it would have even more goals, I think, if he uh, if he was still here. But yeah, I think it was a, it was an impressive debut, and uh, yeah, he's, he's done okay in the other two games as well. Yeah, and right, another new addition to the squad who impressed in this game, got man of the match, and as again looked. Like a solid addition so far was Paul Downing. What did you make of his display in this game and, and generally over the last few? Yeah, very good in, in that game. Um, and very good in, in all the games he's played. I think we touched on it in the last pod at Tranmere that none of the goals came from his side. Um, you know, you can't fault him for any of those. And he just looks proper steady. Um, and quite a nice foil for O'Connell. Um, who likes to get forward a bit more, you then trust Downing um, to cover for him and, and do the defensive work. Um, I think he's left quite a bit to be desired on the ball at points, but he keeps it simple. Um, and I think I think we need that with O'Connell, who can pretty much do anything he wants with a football, and Dorset, who can't. You almost need that person who can do just for simple stuff, and I think he does it really well. And is a proper Edward Kickett centre back, similar to. It's not that similar to Washoe, but similar to sort from last season, where he is just, you know, big lad wins everything. Don't care who he hurts in the meantime, and then yeah, crack on with it. Looks like a leader as well, which we needed. Um, so yeah, really impressed with him. Yeah, I was as well, to be fair. Um, I've been impressed with him in all three of the games. Um, a little bit less so last night, but I don't think any of our, anyone came out with that game with a lot of uh, credit last night because I thought we were really poor. But um, he's been he's been different to the other centre-halves that we've got because I, I think he adds a calmness. Um, he always looks like he's got time. He's never rushed into anything. Um, none of his tackles or his interceptions are uh, a reactionary to a mistake or anything like that. He just looks solid and he looks like he's he's just come in and fit immediately. And I think the point you made, Ryan, that it, I think he complements O'Connell really well. Um, O'Connell's your ball-playing defender who brings it out and Downing isn't. Downing gives you, I think Downing gives you the option to play a four at the back if you wanted to go that way. Whereas I don't think we have the options otherwise. And I think if we, the lack of ability on the ball is is evident. But now that we've kept O'Connell, I think it's a really solid base that we've got now in the defence. 
Yeah, and I think that's kind of been proven by the fact that we've only conceded one goal in, in these three games we're talking about here, and that was an unstoppable strike, wasn't it, from, uh, was it Alan Judge for Colchester um, on Tuesday night? But, yeah, I'd agree. I think the one thing I would say is I think that going to the back four is a bit of a pipe dream at this point. I really can't see that happening. I think largely because both Clark and O'Keefe um, are wing-backs, from what I can tell, rather than full-backs. And I'm not sure Stockdale would trust them in a back four. But I agree, Downing and O'Connell would make for a pretty decent centre-half partnership at this level. Um, right, there's not really much else to say about the Bradford game, so I think we'll we'll move on to another um, goalless draw down the road at Oldham. Um, yeah, rinse and repeat, wasn't it? Not a great performance from Dale and not a great match. Yeah, we're just going to say, so we'll just move on to the quiz. Because <laughs> there's not much to talk about here, even on, on the pitch at least. Um, about Chaff's hat. What's... Just hairband cap. It's got, it, I've got a baseball cap on. That's all. Right. Yeah, you've got it back to front. I have, yeah, because it because my hair's that long now. It slides off if I put it the other way. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go on, right? No, um, no. To be fair, it's helped me because it give me time to think. Um, <laughs> we were absolutely awful at Oldham, um, as were they. Not one player on the pitch, O'Keefe maybe, but not one player other than O'Keefe impressed me at all. Um, the conditions I don't think helped, but still, for a whole 90 minutes of football to not have a single shot on target, that can't have happened many times before in modern day football. Um, I just thought it would, I thought we were dreadful. Um and yeah, to to be playing a team who would be bottom or second bottom that you know at the start of a day, and to look as bad as we did, um was just yeah ridiculous to be honest. And I think we we travelled in numbers. A lot of effort went through by the you know fifty odd hundred and odd fans who did decide to walk. Um, you know the atmosphere was decent in the main and we were just treated with an absolute shambles of a football match I thought Yeah Leighton Hewitt what did you make of uh, the game at Oldham I mean the conditions didn't help did they uh, I mean we could see looking at the corner flags they were they were almost um, horizontal by the time the game kicked off all four of them blowing in different directions and it made it difficult to kind of play football but it it seemed like the kind of performance where Dale wouldn't have played football no matter what the conditions were, to be honest. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think I think it was just a really, really bad game of football. Uh, the conditions were atrocious. At one point, I thought the referee or the linesman was going to have to come over and put his finger on the ball so that we could take a corner. Because um, it, it just weren't staying still at all. Um, and it just didn't allow for any quality. Um, not that I don't think there was much quality on show, regardless, you could have played it on a carpet in glorious conditions. And I don't think either team would have would have done that much better. Oldham are probably the worst side I've seen us play in about 15 years. I thought they were absolute garbage. 
Um, they offered nothing and we couldn't beat them. And that's what was annoying. I thought we were better second half. Um, and I thought the link-up player down the right-hand side with O'Keefe and Newby um, was was going to was going to be our way into in, in, into getting a goal. Uh, didn't quite materialise, and I thought Stockdale made a mistake in taking Newby off because I think that completely changed the dynamic. Udu came on and was awful. There's, there's no decorating that. There's no sugarcoating it. It was awful when he came on, and yeah, it was, it was just a. The less said about that game, the better. Um, like Ryan said, decent numbers went. Most of which behaved, um, and yeah, it was a bit of a shame that we couldn't get the three points. And it's it's annoying and frustrating that they've managed to take four points off us because they're awful. Yeah, Ryan, I think I think Charles making a fair point there. I don't know about the worst team that we've played in fifteen years. I can think of a few bad ones in that time, but it, it, the league table doesn't lie. They're down there for a reason. And yet they managed to take four points off us. If that Bahambula header goes in, then it could be six. And to be honest, they probably, well, they deserve at least four from the two performances. Why is it that we're struggling, do you think, against the poorer teams? Because it's not just Oldham. I think after the Colchester game, which we'll come on to shortly, that's I think, I think that's one win from seven games against the bottom four in the league. What is it about these games against the teams towards the bottom, do you think, that's, that we're really struggling with at the moment? It's tough to say, really, um, because, you know, I know I agree with Chaff. I think they're one of the worst teams that I can remember seeing. But in the game on Saturday, they had one fewer shot than us. Um, and both, neither team had a shot on target. So I can't put my finger on what it is. I just don't think we've got the quality. We just don't have the quality to break a team down and I've, I've just looked at the, at the possession stats then and we've had over 60% of the ball which suggests that they sat back more than perhaps we did but I just don't think we've got that clinical edge you know you, when you're playing against the better teams in the, the division and let's be clear we've not got a good record against anybody this season or last season so it's not like we're playing you know we're getting results against the top team because we're not we've won six games Um I just think that a more open basketball type football match lends itself better to us than than perhaps a game against someone who's relatively cagey and and I guess sits off you. Um because I don't think there's much in terms of creativity, particularly in midfield, but over where on Saturday at least. And then our wide forwards aren't doing anywhere near enough. Um we're not getting enough men in the box. Um, which I know we discussed on WhatsApp last night. I just don't think the shape helps at all. But I keep thinking about it. Can you go to a 4-3-3? Probably not, because we don't have any wingers. Apart from maybe you do. And then his final ball's rubbish. So you're sort of you're struggling a bit. So I think we've moulded a squad together that has to play this system um, or a vari- variation of. And we just need to work on getting men in the box because... We've got two wing backs who can put the ball in. You know, Clark's got a good ball in. O'Keefe's delivery from a byline cutting back's really good. And it's just frustrating when you've got the same two people in there uh, who never look like winning the ball. Um, so we've got to figure it out. And I think we've, we've got to figure it out quickly. 
Um, but yeah, I can't put my finger on why it's for bottom teams in particular. But like I said, we've not we've not got a good record against anybody. Yeah, Chaff, do you have kind of any ideas as to why we're... I don't even think it's necessarily that we're struggling to break these teams down, is it? I mean, it's not even like we've deserved to win either of those games against Oldham. I don't think we deserve to win against Colchester. I'll be honest, I can't really remember the earlier games in the season against Colchester and Scunthorpe. Um, but it doesn't seem to me like we're even looking better than these teams. I'm wondering now whether, you know, we've made not excuses for Stockdale, but I think we've we've been... Um, rational about it and said, you know, he didn't have much time to build the squad. Now, like Ryan said, he's bought players, signed players to fit into this system. Obviously, it's going to take a little bit of time to gel, but we need to start seeing kind of the proof in the pudding soon, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, I think the timing of these two games has not helped us um, in terms of we've, we've got We've got new players. We've got Downing. We've got Clark, Campbell, Charman, and now Ball. And like you just said, though, they're going to take time to time to gel and integrate into the into the side. I thought that was evident with Campbell on Saturday, especially. Um, I thought it was better last night, but it's going to take time for them to to get to get to up to speed. Um, so I don't think the timing of it's helped, but it it's just frustrating. We just seem to get dragged down to to their level because we've got good we've we, we've had good results, not a huge amount, obviously, but we've got good results against some of the better sides in the division, and it's frustrating because the the, the teams that we're that we're not doing well against are the teams that we need to do well against. Um especially with where we are in the league. And you can't slip up that many times um, and without without it really costing us. So I'm hoping we see an upturn in fortune soon. I think I'm hoping that James Ball is is going to make a big difference because I think we're light I think we were light in midfield. I don't think it helped that Kelly didn't play against Oldham uh, through injury because I'm ju- I just don't know what George Broadbent offers. Um, Dooley's slightly better, but not much better. Dooley's gone from being a 5 out of 10 player in League 1 to a 6 out of 10 player in League 2. Um, and nothing more than that. And I think with the system that we play, the two-man midfield, we, we need a lot more in midfield than what we've co- than what we've had in the last couple of games. For it to work, I think there are variations of the system that we can that we can use. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all to see us go to a, a front two, for example, um, with a number ten instead of a sort of three pronged attack. Um, especially when Charman's fit, and know Stockdale said last night he's not fully fit. Um, I, I, I think I expect maybe newbie or. Grant to be a number ten and Campbell and 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 Charman to to play as a front two on occasion, and hopefully that'll work because if we're getting balls into the box, we need players in the box, and then hopefully that'll work. Um, I think the game on Saturday, the Carlisle games, are, are, I think that's a really big game. I know they've they've made about twenty five signings, aren't they, on deadline day, something like that, but 
they're they're a side at the set in a similar position to what we are, and I think that's another big opportunity. Um, but it's to get some points on the board. Yeah, especially knowing that we play them again as well in a couple of weeks. So, you know, you take three points from this one, it gives you confidence going into that one as well. And going into other games coming up, you know, winnable games. Um, I think we've got Scunthorpe coming up again, haven't we seen? And yeah, we need to we need to find a way to break these teams down. Um Ryan, just coming back to the Oldham game specifically, um Chaff touched on it before, but uh, taking Newby off, I know you're not his biggest fan, but I thought at the time he was starting to come into the game, and I think Stockdale did the same thing at Tranmere and took him off just as he was starting to take him, and and uh, the partnership with O'Keefe down the right was starting to to bring us a bit of joy. I don't know. I mean, Udu coming on didn't help either, did it? Because like Chaff said, he didn't have the best game. But what did you make of the decision at the time to bring to bring Newby off? Um, I'll be honest, I didn't at the time really think anything. Um, I thought Ye was sort of coming into the game to an extent, but I think it was more O'Keefe down that side was starting to get in the game. Um, I just don't think we can, you know, he, he's probably planned for the decision five minutes prior. And then if Newby then starts to, dis, you know, decide to turn up for five minutes out of an hour or whatever he had, you can't, you know, we need more from him. And yeah, I know we you could argue we need more from Grant as well. Um, oh, we certainly did on Saturday. Um, but you could have took any you could have took any of the forwards off because none of them did anything, did they? Um, I don't think we can sit and say that, you know, we shouldn't have took Newby off because he because he had a good game, because he didn't. He had a good five minutes before he got taken off. Um but yeah, I think it's been blown out of proportion a bit because of how bad Udu was. Um, like I said, you could have took any of the three off. I'm not sure what's happened to, to Udu. I mean, someone mentioned on the forum recently, that, I think 30 appearances, one goal and zero assists, which for a player who plays in his position is pretty poor. Um, well, he's very poor, really. He's only one goal away from it being awful. Um, but yeah, just I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or maybe the conditions were wrong for him. Like we said, they weren't ideal up at Boundary Park, but it was a it was a difficult 25, 30 minute spell from him, whatever it was. And yeah, he's starting to look less like the exciting talent we saw in the early stages of the season. Hopefully he can get a bit of confidence back and be an important player for us in the rest of the season. Um Chaff, one one other player to mention from Oldham was Tamon Campbell. It was his debut in that game. Yeah, I mean, isolated, it's fair to say. Poor service. Lots of long, floaty balls up to him with his back to goal in the centre of the pitch. So we can't, you know, judge him too much from that. And I thought it was the same at Colchester as well, that the service was pretty poor to him. But yeah, we've not seen a lot from him in these first two games, have we? Not really. Um, it's. I thought he was better last night than he was against Oldham. Um, I felt sorry for him against Oldham. There was literally nobody within 20 yards of him at any point, I don't think. Uh, got the ball stuck under his feet a couple of times, but the ball's up to him, the, the long balls. The, the ball was like a bloody floating crisp packet, weren't it, in that weather? It, was, it, it didn't help. But, yeah, it... it 
he's going to get he's going to take time. I think he's come from non-league. He's done well this season at that level. He's had stints in the football league where he's not done so well. So I think there's quite a bit of pressure on him as well, especially given that we've supposedly paid over hundred grand for him. Um, and I think he's he's probably going to need help. Um, he doesn't strike me as somebody who can who can play up front on his own, for example, which is why I'd be keen to get Charman in close proximity to him, and and hopefully we'll start seeing a bit more. Like I said, I I was a little bit more impressed with him um, against Colchester than I was against Oldham, um, but I, I I felt quite sorry for him against Oldham, to be honest. Yeah, hopefully we'll see more of him when we get the right kind of service. I think it's just frustrating seeing those balls floated into him with no one anywhere near him. And I don't think that's his game. Looking at the kind of goals that he scored at Woking, a lot of them were kind of him with the ball at feet, running at defenders. And we haven't really given him the opportunity to do that yet, which is frustrating, especially in two games where we kind of needed a little bit of magic like that. Um that could have won us a game. Uh, Chaff, I'll stay with you because I know you were like me on the uh, the Dale Trust walk over to Valdez Park for that game, and it was a it was a great way to spend the morning, wasn't it? And and before the game, with loads of Dale fans turned out and some Oldham fans as well. Um, a nice easy walk over, and yeah, a really nice atmosphere, wasn't it, among Dale fans that morning? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, all for a good cause. Great turnout. Um, I was really impressed with the with the numbers that 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 showed up, and yeah, it's a walk we've done a few times. Um, I don't remember that many people doing it previously, um, and it's got quite a bit of coverage in the media as well. So yeah, I thought it was excellent. Um, a couple of nice little pub stops along the way, <laughs> um, and yes, it was good to see the 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 board of directors. Um, doing it with us, um, a real show of of unison, and the few Oldham fans that joined us as well. Um, one of them's a good mate of mine, and yeah, it was it was a it was about more than football. That um, it was about more than rivalry. Um, it was a, a really good show of of solidarity against wrongans trying to take over football clubs. Um and and yeah, it got the uh, got the publicity that it, that it deserved. Hopefully, it'll um, put the the whole situation that we've got uh, with the court case in the limelight a little bit more, and not and get people to to dip into their pockets um, to to help fund the court case that we've uh, that we found ourselves in. And and yeah, it was a really good really good morning. That yeah, just a shame that the. 10 minutes of a podcast that we recorded in the Flying Horse, uh, we'll never see the light of day, isn't it? it I, I, how, how are we an award-winning podcast? Absolute amateurs. I mean, the worst part was when, the reason that it didn't record was because the microphone that I have on my phone was slightly out of the port, not quite in. And then after we'd finished recording and, and it, it wasn't, there was nothing audible. About three people said, oh, I didn't notice that it wasn't quite in at the time. So that was nice of them to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but next year, yeah, next year, well, we won't be playing Oldham probably, but next year, next time we do a, a, a Dale Trust walk, um, we'll try and get a podcast and we'll try and get, make sure the microphone's working. Because I think it's, uh, it, it's 
a good show of kind of what Dale is all about for me. Um, and Ryan, that makes it all the more frustrating after a morning like that to then be in the ground and see some of the scenes that we saw and to hear some of the chants that we that we heard. Um, I mean, I don't want to dig into it too much because I don't want to give it too much attention. Um, but, I mean, the sexist chants were just so embarrassing, weren't they? And it was, I think, the only good thing to come out of it is that it's just kind of increased my bond with the club because the club came out and condemned it as well, which was good to see. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I don't want to give it too much, but I think we're right to bring it up and I think anybody bringing it up is right to do so. I think, um, yeah, the chanting was just ridiculous. As soon as I heard it and you looked over it and you, you know, you saw that, how old would she have been? 14, 15 maybe or whatever. Um, and to be subject to that for attending a football match is a joke. Um, especially when, you know, we've got quite a lot of women at the football club doing what they can to try and boost the attendance of females at, at games um, to a point where it shouldn't even be recognised that someone is female attending a football match. It should just be a person attending. Um, so, yeah, I think we've had more and more idiots turn up throughout the season. Um, there's been a record number of flares thrown on pitches throughout as well. Um, we had the incident at Tranmere and then the incident at Oldham, uh, or incidents, rather. Um, and, yeah, just yeah, just keep calling them out, basically. That, that's all we can do. Fair play to the club for doing so as well. Um, don't think they had much choice when they heard about it, but credit to them um, because they could have said nothing. Um, and hopefully, um, if they ever do it again, they'll get called out in the stadium um, to the faces as well because it's absolutely ridiculous. You're right. It was absolutely embarrassing um, and cringeworthy. And it, it absolutely incensed me because... And I'm a tech pride in our fan base. Um and that that gave me anything but it was that was unenjoyable. Um completely sort of separate from the game. I think we all like being part of a of a big away following and making a lot of noise. But that was just unenjoyable, really unenjoyable. Um and it just goes to show that the movements like her game too, they saw they they they're vital because there's an awful lot of work that still needs doing. Um, to be subjected to the level of abuse that that she was, um, just for turning up to watch football, it's pathetic. Um. Obviously, my girlfriend's a Rochdale season ticket holder. Um, we've got people on our trust board um, doing a lot for for women in getting into football and things like that will put people, it will put girls off from from wanting to get involved um, and, and wanting to come to games. And it it just, it absolutely sickened me. Uh, and I'm really glad that the, the club called them out on it. Um, because as much as you don't want to give it the the attention because of how pathetic, pathetic it is, 
I think it's important that we do because it needs stamping out and it needs stamping out now. Yeah, I think both of you have spoke really well about that and um, I couldn't agree more. I think what I said about the walk being exactly what Dale is all about for me, um, that was the complete opposite of what Dale's all about for me here in that. Um, hopefully it never, get, it never gets heard again. But like you say, people still need to be educated um, and people still need to to see things like her game too. Um, and like the Dale way as well and the work that they're doing and and, and raising the profile of, of female Dale fans. Um, yeah, I mean, when you compare all the good things that are happening to something as stupid as that at Boundary Park, it shows you kind of the weight of, of which way society's heading and, and it'll leave people behind who are going to football games to chant ridiculous sexist chants at people. Um, yeah, I think we'll leave that one there. Uh, and move on to the Colchester game. Um, so, Chaff, <laughs> we, we seem to have gone from kind of creating chances with no one to finishing them to then signing two strikers and struggling to create chances. I know we got on the score sheet, but once again, it was a frustrating evening, weren't it, for Dale? And, and we probably didn't deserve anything more than a point from it. Maybe even got lucky at the end as well with a, a potential penalty shout for, for Collier. Um. Out of the three performances, I probably think this one was the worst. Um, I just don't think anybody looked on it. Um, even defensively, there were a few more mistakes than what we've seen recently. Um, I'm thinking O'Connell and Downing both going for the same ball at the end. Uh, what looks like a, like a, a penalty from, um, from Dorset's clumsy challenge, really in the immediate aftermath of that. And Lee, uh, Liam Kelly must have had a complete a pass completion rate of about 15% last night because he barely found a, a, a red shirt all night. Um, I thought he was he's probably the worst I've, I've seen. He's, no, it is. It's definitely the worst performance I've seen from him. Um, I don't think Corey O'Keefe got as involved as what he has been. Um or what we've been used to seeing. I don't think Clark's deliveries were, were as good as what they they were against Bradford. Um and I just thought it was a I just thought it was a poor performance. Um yes, their goal is it's that 99 times out of hundred and it flies over the bar or it goes wide, but it didn't. It looped over Coleman and went straight in. It's a great strike. And we did get on the score sheet through Connor Grant, who's another one who is just not offering enough at the moment for me. Um, and it, I just thought it was a poor performance. Again, Campbell was isolated uh, up front on his own, and I just we we need we need to we need to gel a little bit quicker than what we are doing. I think um, I thought we were a little bit better when Dooley came on. Um, Again, Broadbent, not sure what he offers at all. Um couple of couple of shots were the, literally the only thing that I remember, and they both went flying miles over the bar. And yeah, I wasn't I wasn't happy with that performance at all. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't think you've been too positive throughout this season, but were there any positives? To- 
to take from that. I mean, we didn't lose. I, I personally thought Conor Grant had quite a good game. Um, getting on the score sheet, maybe one of our better players on the night. But yeah, it wasn't a great performance at all, was it? No. Um, there aren't many positives other than the fact that we didn't didn't lose a game, which you can't guarantee someone's going to score a penalty, but you arguably think we should have because I thought watching it, I didn't go, but I watched it on iFollow and I thought it was a stone wall at the time. I couldn't believe it wasn't given. Um, and yeah, I thought Conor Grant did well, especially when he, he went central in his actual position. Um, I thought he did well. Um, but yeah, I thought we were dreadful again. And you almost... I think the most worrying thing for me from the last three games is I don't know what sort of team we are anymore. Like early in the season when we were creating loads of chances, you saw the you saw what we were looking to do, what style of play we wanted. Now I'm just like last night we I couldn't tell what the plan was. I didn't know how we were going to score a goal because there were long gameless balls from Downing O'Connell and Clark regularly. Um or Keith, I know he's done it all season, but we're popping up here, there and everywhere and then not really doing much. The wingers were out wide, sometimes in a 10, sometimes in centre mid, sometimes dropping at full back and all. And I'm just like, I didn't know what was going on. And we just never really looked like scoring other than the, I know newbie should score and then we do score. But you just, I'm finding myself going to football matches now and very rarely getting excited about anything. Um which worries me a little bit because I'll never not go. But there's people out there, and I've got mates who've got season tickets who haven't been to a game for about two or three months at home because we can't stand the football we're playing. So, yeah, um, there weren't many positives. There aren't many positives at the minute other than the fact we've got a football club still. Um, and, yeah, we, we need to start picking up results quickly because I make that three league wins in 19. Um, my maths might be wrong, but you know it's not good enough. That yeah, I keep thinking how frustrating it is that the kind of COVID break came after the Newport game because it really felt like that could have been a breakthrough moment for us. It was a really good performance, and even though Beasley got the two goals and then then would leave us before before we played again. Um, it just felt like that could have been the moment to really kickstart the season. So to then not play for so long and lose two players who play, who'd played pretty much every game at that point. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating looking back. That feels like kind of a... I don't want to say a missed opportunity because there's nothing we could have done about it, but it feels like, yeah, it could have, things could have gone very differently and we've been able to carry on after that game, doesn't it, Chaff? Yeah, I think the point you've just made there about... Um... The squad changing is a really good one. I I think we've we've got to understand how much our squad's changed over the last six seven months. Um, it's completely different. Um, Aaron Morley going, Jay Beasley going. That's your top goal scorer and your vice captain. Um, that's going to have a big effect on you on on your team. Um, and. Especially with Jake Beasley, we we've replaced him with Charman, but he's not been able to play until last night. And he, Stockdale says he's not quite fit. Andrews has only done it in in fits and starts. 
and now he seems he looks like he's going to be out for a while, and it it, it doesn't look like we've we've ever really had a, a settled side. So I think it's it I think it's going to take time to for everybody to gel. Um, I'm, I said I'm before I'm I'm just hoping that that James Ball really does add a bit of a bit of physicality into the midfield because I know Stockdale's raved about Broadbent and how good he is and how he's going to be exciting, but he's not. Um, and we need somebody to, we need, we need to, so the players that in attacking positions um, to, to score more goals effectively. Um, we need Newby to chip in more. We need Grant to chip in more. We need Udo to chip in. He's not going to because he can't, he's got no end product. Um, so I think the signing of Ball will hopefully make a difference because he's a goal-scoring midfielder, hopefully in the Lund mould. And yeah, I'm, I said before, these games that are they're obviously very winnable games. If they'd have come three weeks, four weeks down the line, I'd have been a lot more confident going into them. Um, I think the games that we've got coming up against the likes of Scunthorpe and, and Carlisle are massive. Um, and I think it'll only take one one win to to give us a bit of a kickstart as well. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's frustrating, but I think we've got to realise how much shape shifting's gone on as well. Um, and that's not going to help. It's been a a season of transition like I've not seen for many many years. Well, let's let's. Touch on the midfield again then, because Chaff mentioned both Broadbent and uh, and Dooley before that, and, and uh, Liam Kelly had a pretty awful game at Colchester. Um, we we're relying on James Ball to come in and and be um, make a big difference to this team, aren't we? Because at the minute Kelly struggles in that game. Broadbent, like I agree with Chaff, do not see what he offers. And, doesn't seem to be able to play good passes, doesn't seem to be able to win the ball regularly, not sure what he offers at all in midfield. And I think everyone knows I'm not Stephen Dooley's biggest fan, but for me, he has to start at the moment if James Ball isn't going to come in. And I think that says everything about our midfield at the minute, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I suppose what this month has done is shown us, well, Show most people how good a player Marley was, because um, we've missed him in the four games. Um, I thought there were glimpses of Broadbent in the Oldham game. His way to pass was good quite a few times. He played a couple of fizzing passes across, but I agree he doesn't offer enough. Um, there's a lot of pressure on ball, but people are saying that he's going to come in and, and hit the ground running. But Ben saying that we need to give Charman and Campbell time, despite the fact that. You know, Campbell's come from the same level, so I sort of we can't pin our hopes on that. I, I think I've said all season that I'm going to stick by it, but I don't think the shape works. I don't think it helps your midfielders at all, uh, particularly with per, the personnel we've got. You know, I don't look at Liam Kelly, for example, and think, you know, he's someone who can play in a midfield too. Um, he's the type of player that I want in a midfield three doing creating basically, and having the licence to roam. Um, similarly with Grant, I think what we've done this season is halted his progress, playing him out of position, or playing in a position that I don't think he's as good in as a, 
like an eight or a ten. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a bit stuck to be honest with what with what we do. We've just almost got to hope that ball hits the ground running, or else we are going to be stuck with Dooley or Broadbent at the side of Kelly. And as we've seen this season, both watching them play and with results, doesn't work. Um, or hasn't worked yet, but you know we never know. Broadbent might step up, um, Dooley might step up, Ball might come in and be a world beater. We've just got to wait and see. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost you're almost pinning your season on a centre midfielder from Solihull. It's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and similar like it is with the strikers we brought in. Yeah. Um... I, I guess the counterpoints that would be if, if we've brought in six or seven players, then the pressure's kind of spread between mm-hmm. them rather than just on one man, like it has been in the past when we've signed someone in the January window who we were expecting to kind of change the whole complexion of the season. Um, I, I mean, we've kind of touched on all of the new signings tonight, but but we haven't seen James Ball play yet, I think. What I will say from the few clips I've seen of him is he looks like the kind of player that you've been asking for, right? Who, who, who wants to break into the box from midfield? He's got yeah. a decent record, hasn't he, with, with scoring? And I think the goal, the type of goals that he scored have been the type that you would expect to see from a midfielder making those late runs into the box. But I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think whilst we've built a squad that fits the wing-back system, I don't think we've built the midfield for it yet. Um, perhaps Ball and one of them might do that. But I think looking at Dooley, I think the way he's played this season, making us kind of take over with possession, but not really be in that creative spot, but not losing the ball very often. I think that's fine when you've got a ball winner alongside you and a more creative player or a ball carrier. I think in a two-man midfield, it's not enough. Um, and I'm not sure it's the same... I'm not sure that Broadbent offers enough because I don't know what he offers at all. I think Kelly, I agree, is maybe lacking that physicality. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It's, it's asking Ball to come in and be kind of a player who breaks into the box and scores goals, but also to be a ball winner as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that, to be honest. There was, you know, We want him to come in and we've seen what he's capable of on the edge of a box and breaking into a box, scoring goals. It's whether... One, he can do that at this level, but two, if he can, what do you do next to him? Because then you need someone who's defensive next to him and we don't have that currently. So what I'm worried about is we sign a goal-scoring midfielder who ends up being our defensive midfielder, which is what we've done with your Jamie Allens, your Callum Camps, your Aaron Maulers. And it just screams of us doing the exact same thing again with another player who looks like he could score a load of goals to play him next to someone who can play pretty passes every now and again. Um, so, yeah, I, as much as he was the kind of player I wanted, um, I think it still almost leaves us needing another one to complement him. Um, but time will tell. Like, like, you, like you just said, we've not seen him play yet. It might it might come in and it might just work. Um, we just don't know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping we do see the best of him. Yeah, for for what it's worth, from from my perspective, if he if he does become that player that's kind of used as the ball winner to allow Kelly or Dooley even to be the more creative midfielder, if he's good enough at it, 
then I don't mind if if that's for the better betterment of the team and it means we've got a more solid base to allow the wing backs to push on even further and to allow Kelly to break forward further and the, whoever the kind of inside forwards are to, to not really worry about getting back and help the midfield. Um, it, it, it all depends on what kind of player he is and it might be that he's been utilised incorrectly at Solio where he's been breaking into the box and you know he, his attributes would see him uh, better utilised in defensive midfield. We don't know until we see him play but um, I think it, looking at it, it's maybe not on paper the signing we were expecting in midfield. Um, so let's see if it if it does fix any of the problems. Um, like I say, I think we've touched on all the all the other new players. Um, we've not seen much of of Luke Charman yet. He looks kind of threatening a little bit, didn't he, Chaff, when he came on against Colchester? Um, it, like you mentioned earlier, it, it gave us the opportunity to to play two up front for a short spell, and I thought we actually looked better when we went to that formation. Um, and Charman maybe will offer a different element to our attack. Yeah, I'd agree. I, when he came on, I thought I think I was a little bit surprised with how well he not battled, but how how strong he was because I thought. He got the better of um, centre halves a, a couple of times just through pure strength and determination to get there first. I know he's obviously wanting to make an impression, but I, I wasn't. It, it took me a little bit by surprise that. So he's obviously going to be a, a more physically um, than, than than what Campbell will, I think. And yeah, I was I was quietly impressed um, with his. With his cameo, um, and I think there's a lot, lot more to come. Um, I think he's, he looks like he's going to try and create chances from nothing. I think he's, he looks like he's got the ability to do that. But if we can give him the service, um, then hopefully we've got an absolute star in our hands. But yeah, it's getting to that point, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's frustrating because like that five three two what I mentioned there, which we were playing it, it for a short spell last night. It, it it works in that we're saying we could maybe do with playing three man midfield with the players we have, and it would maybe help Charman and Campbell strike up a bit of a partnership. But then it also means leaving out potentially Alex Newby and Connor Grant, who have been those players that have created so many chances for us earlier in the season. So. It feels kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't at the moment, doesn't it? It does. And just for, I know Ryan doesn't like Alex Newby. He's currently our top goal scorer. <laughs> now that Beasley's gone. So, yeah. And I like Newby. I get that he's frustrating to watch because he'll either hold on to the ball for too long or he'll snap at, he'll snatch at a shot that he should do better with. He'll drift in and out of games a little bit. But I think it's something like we, we've only got three points from the games that he's not started. And I just I think he I think he's a really valuable asset to us. Um more so than Grant at the minute. I get Grant's got brilliant feet. He's he, and he's a very he's he's a nice footballer to watch. Um when he's when he's got time, he's incredibly skillful. I don't think there's room for if, if we now that we've brought in Campbell and, and Charman, I think one of those 
one of those potentially drops out and for me it'd be Grant. Um, and hopefully we, we we start seeing more from from newbie in the in the final third as well linking up with the with the two strikers because at the moment he's, he's our only goal threat yeah i i understand what you're saying but i disagree <laughs> i think i just think newbie, i just think you can't rely on him at the moment i think like i said before he, he played well for 5 minutes before getting subbed off in both the Tramere and Oldham games i was confused when i Saw at halftime last night that people watching at home and I follow thought he was playing well because I thought he was horrendous in that first half, uh, just constantly running down blind alleys. And I agree when he's on his game, he can be a, a game winner. And also, I think it's worth noting that the goals he has scored have been kind of poachers finishes, quite a few of them, which we've maybe lacked. Even Beasley wasn't particularly good at doing that. Um, so, yeah, I think for the time being, maybe it's worth keeping him in the team, but out of the two, nine times out of ten, I'll be picking Conor Grant personally. Um, I think we'll we'll leave it there in terms of football, but there's a few little bits to touch on just before we wrap up, guys. Um, first of all, we heard from Dale fan Stuart Wildman, who will be climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in June in aid of Martin's Mountain. Uh, and you can listen to Stuart's words here. Okay, so uh, people might have heard about the challenge that I'm doing this year. So in June, I am going up Kilimanjaro, uh, which is 19,000 feet. It's one of the biggest mountains in the world. And all this is in the aim for charity. And it's in regards to the Spinal Injury Association. And our aim is to raise £1 million for them. You might have seen it on the club website and on the club's Twitter social media pages. And I'm doing this challenge with a gentleman called Martin Hibbert. Now, Martin Hibbert was a survivor in the MEN arena bomb uh, where he suffered life-changing injuries. He actually ended up getting paralysed as a result of the bomb. Uh, so not only are we walking up, a team of us are going up with Martin and the aim is for Martin to go up the mountain in a wheelchair, a specially adapted wheelchair, which he'll only be using his arms. So the odds are really stacked against us, but the aim is to raise awareness for spinal cord injury people. And also for us, like I said, to raise £1 million. Now, people can donate towards the Martin Mountains Challenge by going to martinsmountain.org. There is a Just Giving page there. Uh, one of the aims is to hopefully that I will get a Dale flag up there. And if I reach it to the top, if I've got enough oxygen left in my body, uh, there'll be a picture there with me not only for the Martins Mountain Challenge, but also for the mighty Dale as well. And uh, I think it might even have to be uh, up the Dale, not for sale flag. Might need to make it up there as well. Uh, so that's my challenge. So I'm asking for all Dale fans to get behind me, get behind Martin, uh, get behind this amazing challenge. And uh, let's see if we can get up the mountain, raise awareness for spinal injuries uh, people uh, and the spinal injury community uh, so that they get better support out there 
It's a life-changing injury. It's not a life-ending injury. So we've got to do better to help support this community. Okay, so that's my ask. If you, you can, people can get behind it, and it's martinsmountain.org. Thank you. Yeah, amazing, um, amazing stuff from Stuart. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he gets on, and hopefully seeing that up the down up for sale uh, flag at the top of the uh, at the top of the Mount Kilimanjaro as well. So good luck, Stuart, and and hopefully a few of our listeners will um, be donating in the coming days and. Another extra little bit of donating you can do. Um, we have still a handful of the RochdaleFC.com mugs on sale. Not too many of them left now. Um, but yeah, if, if you if you want to buy one, just head to our Twitter page. There's a link there to the 01706 store where you can buy yours. Or just drop me um, a DM on Twitter or on the forum uh, and we'll be able to sort that out for you. They're £10. Um, with £7 of each sale going to the Dale Trust's um, current fundraising efforts. And on those fundraising efforts, there will be a quiz night fundraiser um, to help for the legal defence against Morton House. Um, That fundraising quiz will be at Bamford Bowling Club on Thursday, February the 10th. It's uh, an 8.30pm start, £2 per player. And you can just head to the Dale Trust website to find out anything more about that. So, lads, um, to wrap up, we've got the quiz. Uh, I usually do pick a, a, a game against the team that we're about to play. But since we did Carlisle thinking we were playing them on Boxing Day and we did Forest Green earlier in the season, I, I went and picked a team we haven't played for a while. Um, and that's Brighton. So the game that I've picked is uh, a 2-2 draw at the Wivdean Stadium, Brighton's old stadium on the 14th of August 2010, just after Dale had been promoted into League One. So I'm looking for any player from Dale's squad that day, and I'll come to you first, Chaff. Gabby Jones. Correct. Scored a uh, quite famous brace that day. Rise already got his head in hands. <laughs> Dawson. Yeah, Craig Dawson played. I think this was... I think Jack Redshaw made his debut that day. Yes, he came on off the bench. Um, Holness? Yep, Marcus Holness partnered uh, Craig Dawson. Jason Kennedy? Yeah, Jason Kennedy played also. Can I have the kit? I know that sounds stupid. (laughs) Yeah, so it was the one with uh, black sleeves and black pinstripes. I think Carbrini might have been the sponsor. Right. BBM. Yep, BBM played. Chris O'Grady? Yep, Chris O'Grady's correct, is that? Widowson. Yep. Now he's got the kit, he's cooking on gas, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think we had the same kit twice in a row, didn't we? Oh, maybe. At least one similar, so I'm getting muddled up a little bit. No, I don't think, I don't think we did, actually. Did we not get relegated in the same one? No. No, because right. we had the co-op sponsor. It had pinstripes, actually, though, yeah, so you might be right. Right, yeah. It wasn't exactly the same. Jean-Louis, Apparat Pro. Yeah, Jean-Louis, Apparat Pro is correct. You're doing well, guys, since you struggled to start off with. <laughs> oh, really nice. Anthony Elvin. Came off the bench for Jean-Louis, Apparat Pro. That's a cracking shout. I just thought of a Southampton goal. I think you would have been in there. 
Ruben Lillis in that. Yeah, Josh Lillis. How many of us starting 11 do we need now? I've forgotten whether you said one of them. <laughs> You're definitely missing a right back yeah, and a winger and maybe a forward. I can't remember if he was said. To be fair, the, the most memorable thing about this game was Remy Chapburn sitting on the on the crate of um, Magnus and the minibus because we we had too many people <laughs> for seats. Sound of sound of box of Magnus all the way to Brighton, all the way to and from Brighton. Danny and Murray getting kicked out. Matty Dawn also came off the bench. Scott Wiseman, correct. When he said Matty Dawn, then it, did we not sell the, yeah. the pair of them when Ill went? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's what uh, twigged it for me then. Yeah, that's where my head went as well. Cheers, chaff. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, oh, is it too? Joe Thompson. Correct. Oh, I'm struggling now. Andrew Tot. Also on the bench. We're getting towards seriously impressive territory here now. Um. I'm guessing it's just subs now, is it? I think so, yeah. I I can't remember whether I'm, you said the striker or not. I don't want to give up. <laughs> you can't give up, mate. You can't no. give up. You've got to throw a name out there. Yeah. I'll yeah. be honest, there's a player on this bench who I felt was a completely different era. So even if you're throwing out from a different era, it might, yeah. it might, it might land. You never know. Yeah, I just don't want to sound stupid. Um, uh, Matt Flynn. Oh, unlucky, mate. <laughs> it's a really great effort, that. But Matt, uh, Matt Flynn wasn't there. Uh, did I have you say O'Grady? Yeah, yeah sure. I did. Right, okay, so yeah. So the so the three missing then were uh, Helio Andre. Matt Is he not in prison? Um, he, he was on Crime Watch, weren't he? I don't know if he actually... Was sent to prison. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, my, I feel really sorry for you looking at these three. But Helio Andre, Matt Edwards was the sub goalkeeper. Oh, Al- Alan Goodall was the the other substitute, who I'm assuming came back for a second. I, spell, but I'd completely forgotten about his second spell. Yeah, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Um, but right, great effort, unlucky mate. Chaff reigns supreme, as always. It seems uh, well done, the pair of you. Uh, we'll be back in a, a week or two to chat through Carlisle, Forest Green, whoever else we've got coming up. So all that's left for me to say is thank you as always. Chaff. Nice one. Cheers, Dean. Cheers, right. Yeah, cheers, Dean. Thanks for that. Nice one. Catch you all next time. Love the day.